Hey, longtime listeners, it's Shades here with an update for you. I know that we said we'd be back in August, but actually it's going to be just a little bit longer into September before we come back with new episodes for you. But oh my goodness, we have so much to talk about. Snyder Cut, Wonder Woman, uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman, um, so many things that have happened in the last... Uh, last month that we are looking forward to geeking out over with you. But until we are back, uh, enjoy this classic episode from season one, episode 24, Ready Player One. Thank you so much for sticking with us, longtime listeners, and we are so excited to be coming back with you soon. All right. Enjoy the episode. Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. And this is Geeking, Geeking Out with, with Shades, Shades and, and Sketch. Sketch. Welcome back to all of our longtime listeners. Uh, every episode, every episode, we take our GoCo, our Geeking Out Command Outpost, to a different corner of the geeking multiverse. And Shades, we're a little, we're a little cramped this week. What you want to explain where we are this week? We are camped out in the rusting husk mm. of a 1986 Jeep. Grand Cherokee Wagoneer mm. underneath the rusting husks of some other decrepit cars. It keeps creaking and swaying <sighs> above us. This is not our best locale. No, ever, but it, it is one of the safest places for us. It is. To log into the, the Oasis. Oasis. Uh, so if we are going to log in to the Oasis, get our uh, digital avatar on, that must mean we are talking about Ready Player One. Doot, doot. You make my dreams come true. You do. You do make my dreams come true. Perfect. All right. Okay, so if we're talking Ready Player One, uh, spoilers for both. Spoilers for both the book and the movie, longtime listeners. And possibly spoilers for anything covered in the book, like pop culture covered in the book. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Basically, spoilers for everything ever. This was a cornucopia of 1980s and 90s pop culture. Yeah, it's just a a nostalgia nostalgia adventure ride for all of us to go on. Spoilers for this episode. I, I loved it. I loved this movie. Yeah, I did too. I had so much fun. I did too. And I love the book. And this, I also love the this book. This is a rare instance where I've actually read the book that the movie comes from. What's your history with Ready Player One sketch? Um, it's not that long ago that someone was like, I think you had recommended Ready Player One for me. But because it was a book, I was like, no, fuck that. Uh, and then other, for chumps. And other people recommended it to me. And I was just like, I just don't read. I'm just not, I'm not a, I'm not a reader. But then eventually it wore down, and I was like, all right, everyone loves this book, so I should read this book. You know, there are audiobooks, too. Yeah, no, and I just, I've I've never listened to an audiobook. You should give it a shot. I should. Um, But uh, I think as soon as I picked it up, I was done within a week. Wow. Because I loved it. I effing loved that book. I've only ever read one, two books in a day. Uh Uh-huh. Or a week, like less than less than two weeks. Was this one of them? No. Oh, okay. Um, so it was just a way to praise ha- yourself. Deathly Hallows and uh, Cursed Child. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so both in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I read this like in a week, and I, I I loved it. I loved the book, 
And so then when I saw the trailer for this movie to come out, I was pumped. I was like more pumped to see Ready Player One. It was it's probably been the movie of 2018 that I've been looking forward to the most. Oh, yeah. And we've been getting teasers for Ready Player One since almost 2016. Yeah. This yeah. movie's been in post-production for a long time. Um, I uh, have a good friend uh, who worked on this on the production, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was in—I want to say it was in pro- post-production for almost a year and a half. Spielberg wow. stopped production on Ready Player One. Post-production on Ready Player One did the post, mm-hmm. put the post out, and then finished. Ready Player One. So wow. there was a lot of work, and I think it shows the time that they took in post with all of the effects. Oh, it's a great movie, and we'll, we we were definitely gonna unpack yeah, we'll get that into in that. Rants and Rates. But to finish my history, sure. So I I was so excited I saw it opening night uh, in IMAX. I'm not an IMAX 3D kind of mm-hmm. fan. We've yeah. talked about this, it, it, but this this is a movie to see. Yeah, in, I wish I saw this IMAX. movie in 3D. Uh, I think holy I missed shit, something. It, it worked well. And then um, when we get to Rinse and Raves, I'll talk about my first impressions. But then I saw it a second time as well. So I've seen mm-hmm. it twice in theaters. And um, it's only been out for what? A month? Three weeks? About, yeah, about a month. So there you go. That's my history with Ready Player One. How about you? I have a weird history with this, with this movie and book. Uh, memory is a funny thing. I have a distinct memory mm-hmm. of reading this book in college. Which is impossible because it didn't come out until 2011. I was going to say. It didn't come out until... I have a, like this crazy memory of getting this book into the Assumption College library. And, and instead of putting it on the shelf like I was supposed to because yeah. I, I worked there, I like took it and read it. And it's just not possible. Well, long-term listeners, this is really why we have this intervention for Shades not too long ago. And just <laughs> spent a couple, a couple weeks in rehab. So... Um, so after you you distinguish between reality and uh, and my like this my own personal like oasis memory of this book yeah it's so bizarre I ha- I know it's a false memory but it's yeah. very distinct um so yeah I read it I guess when the book came out in 2011 so I must have been working in in Webster at the time okay and um I I remember bits and pieces of the book. Okay. I don't really remember it that well. Well, I got a little bit of a breakdown for you. Yeah. For, for so later. it's been a while. Yeah. I remember enjoying. I re- have fond memories of this book. Oh, so good. Um, I I love all of the uh, you know tropes and nostalgia pieces that are in it, and I think they translated so well to film. Uh, I saw it once in theaters. Uh, wish I could see it a second time. Maybe I'll get to. I don't you know. still can. I you, could. I mean, you I just, can make your dreams come true. I could. We talked about how do, we just do, don't do, have the time. To don't have the time. We are media. guys. We are adults. We are two grown men with adult responsibilities <laughs> that watch cartoons and children's programming and talk to you about it on the internet. We do. Fucking adults, man. Fucking adults. Yeah. Um. Let me say this before we get too deep into Ready Player One. I really, I really recommend seeing the movie or reading the book or both, if possible, before we spoil everything for you. Yeah, this is an episode that we're going to ruin a lot of things. We're going to ruin you. a lot of things. <laughs> and, and, and there's so much better to, to experience organically 
through the journey of our main characters. So here's what you do. If you haven't read the book or seen the movie and you intend to, stop this episode and uh, go back through our catalog and take a listen to Sequest DSV. That's a great episode. That's a great episode. And I want more people to listen to Sequest DSV because I'm still waiting for my Sequest uh, blueprint. I know. I'm getting a lot of other things in the mail, (laughs) but not that yet. What's What's the most disturbing thing you've received? A lot of nudes yeah. uh, of me. So, like, where they're coming from, I have no idea. I guess it's fan art, but it's very realistic and provocative. Sketch, you are quick as ever. Thank you. So, should we should we just get just right into, like, the synopsis now that we gave our big spoiler warning? Sure. Can I, can I do my brief synopsis that I had started before you were like, wait a minute, Shades. Yeah, go ahead. This is how I... A movie about a geek, made by a geek, for geeks, comprised of every trope in existence. Blink and you'll miss something. That's true. Based on a book of the same name from 2011. Okay. That's a great synopsis. Thank you. Now, what I did, long-time listeners know Shades is usually the one that does the synopsis. But I thought it was going to be important in this episode, uh, especially because, like I said, this is an episode where I actually know both the book and the movie. And there are key differences in the book and the movie. Yes. And I'm not going to get into what, which is better or which is worse. I, I just want to talk about the differences and how the experience of both is a little bit different. I think that's wise. So I, I wrote a little synopsis, it's not too little, that I think will work <laughs> for both the book and the movie. Long-time listeners, there is a notepad. Um, the notepad is the difference. A manifesto. Yeah. I pages I, upon I, pages. It's rough. Laid together inside of a phone book. Yeah. So. Strap in. This synopsis I wrote is 75% as long as the actual book. Yeah. So I, I took out uh, 25%. All right, here's my synopsis of Ready, the story of Ready Player One. Great. Okay, ready? In the year Oh, 20- hold on, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, I'm ready now. Okay, now you're ready? I'm, I'm ready. Why do you have to unzip your flag to be ready? <laughs> this is alarming. I think I know where these nudes are coming from. All right, in the year 2045, the vast majority of civilization escapes their harsh dystopian society within the Oasis, a massive online virtual reality platform in which you can be anyone, go anywhere, and do anything. Upon his death, the creator of the Oasis, James Halliday, announced that hidden within his digital world is an ultimate Easter egg, and whoever is first to find this treasure will inherit his wealth, but more importantly, sole control over the Oasis and its future. Finding the egg, however, will be no simple feat where it is hidden behind a series of three gates, each of which requires contestants to discover a specific key hidden somewhere in the massive virtual world. So enter our hero, Wade Watts. In the real world, Wade is a poor, orphaned American teenager, but within the Oasis, he is Parzival the Gunter, which is short for an egg hunter. Egg hunter. Five years into the contest, with the world unable to make any progress on the hunt, Wade uses his deep understanding of Halliday's life and obsession with 1980s pop culture to at last find the first key. This vaults him to celebrity status and rekindles the world's obsession with Halliday's Easter egg. Through this, he meets and befriends fellow Gunters, H, Artemis, Daito, and Sho, and it puts him at odds with Nolan Sorrento, the lead egg hunter for IOI, which is the Oasis's biggest real-world competition. Sorrento and IOI are first to find the egg. Wade and all Oasis users will be powerless as the corporation destroys Halliday's vision and locks the average user behind restrictions and paywalls. Can Wade and his fellow Gunters navigate the nostalgia-filled pop culture lace treasure hunt and save their world from the intentions of IOI? And while deep inside the virtual utopia, what might they learn about their own humanity? (laughs) Ready, player, one. 
Sketch is a staff writer at Woo! The, at well, you the can tell I love Hartford it. Sun. I love that's the Hartford Ready paper, right? Hartford Sun. Uh, Hartford Current. Hartford. That's close. Uh-huh. So that's Ready Player One. That's the synopsis of Ready Player One, whether or not you read the book or watch the movie. But would you I agree? mean truthfully, you don't need to see either now. Do I you know, read the book? That's why I either. warned people yeah. to uh it's everything. To to stop the stop the episode. See you next time. All right. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. All right, bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Would you like me to go through what makes the book different, like the major differences in the book and the movie, or do you want to do our scores first? Um, let's do our scores first. Okay. Let's do scores first. Uh, the all-important internet scores. Yeah. IMDb. This, now, you're saying specifically for the movie, right? Yeah, they don't score books. Yeah. Sorry. It was a New York Times bestseller. There you go. That's yeah. a score. Yeah. It's a great book. Great book. Highly recommend reading it. IMDb Before we ruin it. gives Ready Player One yeah. a 7.8. Wow, okay. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Critic score. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. 74. Wow, okay. Fan score, 80%. Okay. 92% of Google users love this movie. Doing this podcast, I've noticed Google users are like really positive people. They really are. Yeah. They really are. Good on you, Google users. They are the most positive users on the internet by oh. far. Metacritic. I've started to bring in Metacritic because I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes anymore. Okay. Metacritic gives it a 64%. Wow. Is Metacritic another like... Rotten Tomatoes. It's like just a coalition of different critics. Yeah. Okay. Any others? Uh, that's, that's all I pulled. That's enough. Okay. A little lower than I would expect. How much? For a Spielberg produced epic yeah. such as this. How much do you think this movie costs to make? <sighs> More money than I can even fathom. Uh, so much so that Warner Brothers uh, did not disclose, disclose the amount. Yeah. It grossed uh-huh. thus far in its three week run $524 million. Okay. I'd take that. I take it. I'm I would grow. I'm going to put this movie somewhere three, between three weeks, 270 yeah. and 350 million. Okay. I know that's a wide range, but I, I, from the look of it, I, I think, would be happy to live anywhere with them. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Shades score of geeking out with shades and sketch. Mm-hmm. I gave this movie a 92. Ooh, okay, Solid a 92. That's high. And this is a movie. Uh, Steven Spielberg said something about this movie when he introduced it at um, Tribeca. Yeah. He introduced it as a movie, not a film. Okay. And I think that's fair. And I think what he meant by that is this. I don't know. This is my understanding of it. Yeah, yeah. The movie isn't asking for any kind of deep-seated philosophical investment. No, it isn't. It's... And, and Spielberg's all the thing that's made him a great filmmaker is his his fantasy has always been grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. It, this movie, not so. Even when you're in the real world, the real world is fantasy. Yes. So it's it's not grounded in anything. Yeah. And so you're he's not looking for buy-in from you as the viewer. It's just stuff that you're if you're into it, you're gonna love it. If you're not into it, you're not gonna love it, but it's just there to entertain you. And I think it succeeds in that. There is certainly less of an agenda in this movie. Like yeah. you're you're not trying to there's a we'll talk about it a little bit later. There's a like a like a hint of a message. Yeah. But it really is just an entertaining journey. Yeah. It is just a story. It's a fun, entertaining story to just 
bring you along for the ride. A movie about a geek made by a geek. Yeah. For geeks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, we should say thank you. Yeah. To Steven Spielberg and to uh, the the author. What's his name? Ernest Klein. Yes. Is that his name? Correct. I don't know names and I got that one. I must love this fucking book. You must. Okay. All right. Uh, Sketch. Sketch from uh, Geeking Out. Shades and Sketch. I give the movie a 90. 90? So I'm right there with you. Wow. Okay. And, uh... Yeah, ninety. I'll, I'll I'll break it down. I wonder what my extra two percent was. Well, I I really think some first impressions of mine flavored me a little bit. Okay, this is probably be a good time for me to say that the first time I saw the movie, I would have given it less than a ninety. Okay, because and this is totally my fault. Because you just don't have as developed a palate as me. Sure, that that's one way to put it. <laughs> the other way is I went in. With expectations. And that's my oh, fault. That's my sketch. fault. But I I was going in... Rarely do I go into a movie where I know the... The, the source the, material. The source material yeah. as well. And I was, like, really looking forward to, like, key aspects mm-hmm. of the book. Right? That was my fault. That's on me. Right? So I so when they were changed... How could for, they not include Joust? There were things that weren't included that I was like... It's Joust! Actually, the two scenes I really wanted included and was, like, really excited to see how they did in the movie weren't even in the movie. Right. So I was... So, like, I let I left the movie a little let down. Mm. But I immediately recognized that's not fair. Right. That's not fair. And that's one of the main reasons I saw it a second time. And after I saw it a second time, and I was like, okay, leave all that baggage at the door. Leave all the... Everything about the book. Let's just leave it outside. And let's just enjoy this movie from start to finish. And I enjoyed it so much more. Well, good on you for, so, for cowboying up and going and seeing yeah, it a and second so time. I, so then I bumped my score up. And yeah. I, so I bumped it up to a 90. I had so much fun in this movie. and it, It's a it's fun not movie. deep. It's not philosophical. No. It has a very, a very light touch of a message. And it, I had so much fun and looking not, for Easter eggs myself. Like the movie is a movie about finding an Easter egg, and then there are so many Easter eggs in front of you. I was. I had so much fun. And I, was I was so, so proud of myself. I was so embarrassed that it took me like a week to figure out. Oh shit! They released this movie at Easter. Yes. Like oh my god, that's brilliant, it, isn't it? Uh, it? It just dawned on me like well after the fact, and I felt so dumb. But then I was like. I on your Ready Player One. Yeah. Good on you. It's, it's an Easter movie. It's, it's the an ultimate Easter, movie. Easter movie. It's the ultimate Easter it's egg. as much of an Easter movie as Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Yes! I'm going to deposit yes! that right now. Yes! So it might even become a new Easter tradition in my household. I, I would agree. Uh-huh. I would agree. I was so delighted with the things that they pulled from like looking that, you know, you get that opening race yes. with just every... Every iconic vehicle, vehicle yep. ever, yep. ever, yeah, the great. the A teams van, the sixty six Batmobile, the General Lee, the Ecto eighty eight, Bigfoot, 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 King of the Monster Trucks. Yep. Oh man, like what else was in there? Um, well, you got we, the majors, you got Akira's bike, Akira's you got bike, the DeLorean. Yep, and also on her bike, all of the stickers, all the stickers. for like Wonder Woman and uh, Greatest American Hero. Oh, and the De- uh, the DeLorean has uh, the DeLorean the, has the, the Knight Rider, Rider bar. scanner bar. I mean, longtime listeners might know this. We are quite fond We're, of yes. Knight Rider. I mean, I understand why they couldn't put the Ghostbuster logos on the doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book, the DeLorean is not. It's it's a, a it's a 
mashup of the DeLorean, Ecto-1, and Knight Rider. In the, well, that's what I'm talking in about. The some of these things Ecto-88. you have to... I'm going to ca- keep calling it the Ecto-88. Some of these things you have to leave at the door because, you yeah. know, there are Hollywood decisions but I still involved. Loved they couldn't it. get permission from everybody right, in the right, world. Right. I mean, the book has more Star Wars elements. It would certainly include right. Marvel heroes in it, and there was none. There, there were a few Marvel uh, characters here and there, but only ones, you know, very few that they could get rights to. Yeah. Yeah, you're not um, seeing your Tony Stark's flying around. No, week. I mean, I think I think the entire Justice League was there at one point. Um, Battletoads, the, Battletoads the were battle, in a lot. They were in a lot. Um, the the Street Sharks that was a deep cut. Um, both iteration, like the classic Ninja Turtles, Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you um, had um, a, a lot of Overwatch characters from Blizzard. Oh, all of the Overwatch characters. A lot of Street. You had Chun Li, yeah. Ryu. Um, Akuma. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, in this, in the Bla- Oasis, Blanca and Zangief. You can be anybody, and a lot of people choose to be these these iconic. I mean, they were characters. obvious things, but I, I, when they're driving through the race, they drive by a billboard for um, last, last action, action hero. hero. It's it's just so wonderful to see. It's rewarding. It is, and it's you know what it's like. Spielberg is still that kid who snuck onto the Universal lot mm-hmm. and dreamed of being a director. And that is like amazing because he's Steven Spielberg and has done Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan and but he's also done E.T. and Jaws and he's Steven Spielberg did Goonies, right? Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he very Goonies-esque. Did he? Yeah, he did Goonies. Yeah. Yep, you know what I mean. He's still that kid, and mm-hmm. that's amazing and wonderful. It is, it is. That race, I had a much bigger appreciation for it my second time around. Oh, because amazing. The, that was that was one of the things that the race was the the I shouldn't say the race. The first Peter Jackson's the, King Kong and the T Rex. The first challenge was one of the things I was really looking forward to seeing right. in from, from the, book. the book, and it's not. I mean, it's no. not even close. It's not a completely close. different, and I get why they changed it. But I was, I was really looking forward. In the book, it's a lot more like discovery and like right, adventuring, right, right. Yeah. and blah, blah, blah. and then it, you know it was an action packed race. But uh, boy, it grabs you, and it's like, all right, we're in this ride together. Let's go, right? You know, and by the ride, I mean the entire movie. The entire movie, yes. Um, can I go through some of the differences between the book and the movie? Please do, because this is a probably a good point because we're talking about that gate. Yeah, obviously, all of the challenges are are pretty different because they don't translate well from the the book not at all to the movie yeah um so i understand why they made all those decisions i'm gonna go through these i'm not gonna pass judgment on which is better i'm just telling you what the differences are okay. between the book and the movie okay yeah let's start are you looking the... for my permission yes i am yeah please do. everything i do i do with your permission <laughs> okay <laughs> let's start with the oasis the oasis itself the biggest part of this book the biggest yes. part of the story this massive online world, right? That they continue to refer to as an MMO, but is not an MMO. Well, in this, in the movie, it's a massive multiplayer online. That's what MMO yes. means, guys. Uh, role-playing game. I mean, it's right. specifically a game. Right. In the book, the Oasis has basically evolved to a point where it's basically synonymous with the internet. Yes. And... It's a second world to live in. Long-time listeners over the age of 15, it's second life. Oh, God, I really hope we don't have long-time listeners under the age of I know of that 15. we do. Oh, my goodness. Hey, welcome, we guys. I'm going to try to watch my language for you. Um, uh, but the, if, you, if you've 
Second Life is literally what the Oasis is based on. Yeah, and in the book, the Oasis, you, yeah, you play. Certainly, if you want to, but people work literally yeah, work. You go in to the work. Oasis. People go to school. Children go to school in the Oasis. Mm-hmm. It's a way for the the Department of Education to save a massive amount of money yeah. by having online classes. Oh yeah, for, um, long-time for listeners, we're all going to be living and working in the Oasis very soon. Uh, it maybe not with VR on, but it's it's just going to become cheaper for real estate purposes well, for I mean, schools and businesses consider, to buy you a computer than it is to heat these buildings and maintain real estate. Just look at what's happened to retail. Yeah. I mean, it, oh yeah, look at how much that has shifted from a physical realm. Yeah, stores to cannot a virtual afford realm. to make rent. We are we're sprinting. To we this are world. sprinting yeah. to living in the stacks and playing in the Oasis. So that's that's a big distinction to make. Game in the movie. Life. Life in the book. In the book. Uh, Wade is pretty close in both reiterations. He's poor. Yes. He's very, very poor. Very poor. He's, he's, he's deposited he's, as poorer in the book. In the book. His aunt that takes him in uh, doesn't care about him. At all. At all. At all. She only takes him in to get food vouchers. Right. Uh, and then doesn't give him food. Does not or, feed or him at all. Like that. Yeah. So in the book, Wade is limited to only the free planets in mm-hmm. the Oasis. And in in the movie, he basically kinda, his the the school planet, the school where planet he goes to school. and like the basic free world that everyone spawns right. into uh, the and, lobby. And in the and in the uh, in the movie, he has you know he has ways to make enough money right. to like participate in the race. And and I, stuff like I that. liked I liked um, how they addressed that that he had to go to the back of the line to okay. to collect the coins, which to have the gas money to, to have the gas money the to finish yep. the race. Yeah. Um, speaking of main characters, Artemis. Has a bit yep. of a shift uh, in a the big shift in the book. She is well. It's it's important to note that in the, the book is completely told by the the, the point of view of, of Wade. Wade. Yeah. Uh, and Artemis is kind of his his major cyber crush. She is the the princess in the castle in the book. And, and but she's but she's not helpless. I mean, she's an amazing no. yes, yes, yes. Uh, Gunter, mm-hmm. egg hunter, and uh, Wade is kind of obsessed with her a yes. little bit. And you know, through their adventure, they end up meeting. She is a legendary Gunter. Yes, and their relationship has you know some ups, ups and, downs. and downs. And in the uh, in the movie. We actually get a little bit from Artemis's point yeah. of view. She's certainly more of the hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does the real world stuff yes. that Wade and it does in the book, stuff like that. So uh, they definitely give Artemis a bigger role, and they give her like a resistance that mm-hmm. she's kind of leading and, and everything. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about I it. I told you, I'm not passing yeah. passing judgment. You got Og. who's yep. the co-creator of the Oasis. Yes, in the he has such. A bigger role in the book. Bigger role in the book. He's kind of everywhere and always present. He's he's watching well, people he's, within the they Oasis. They essentially, in the movie, they turned his avatar into Halliday's avatar. No. And, he, the, in, in the book, Og is like... Oh, the great and powerful The Og. great and powerful Og yeah. and is like the wizard. But he only logs into the Oasis once a year on his birthday. Right. In otherwise, he's always right. in there watching people because mm-hmm. he's tasked with watching this, right. this contest, making sure it's being played fairly. Um, but he's the one that like brings the kids together. Yes, and he's the one that like gives them a safe haven to work in. He and, is and the he is the we've talked about this before. You have the chaotic evil, mm-hmm. the neutral, um, lawful neutral, yeah. and uh, and he's he's the, he's he's lawful, the lawful neutral. neutral. Yeah, he's watching every. He's looking and seeing who the 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 worthy players are and and putting events in motions to yep. kind of bring them together. And in the in the movie, 
he's he's removed a lot more from the action. Oh, yeah. He's he's but it's a nice reveal that he's been the, the curator all along. Yeah. Uh so that he's really kind of been not just watching from afar, watching right. in the hands-on help yep. helping. And I I actually did like um, big spoiler here. I did like that he's the one that gives Wade the extra life. Yeah, but he did. I mean, Wade earned it. He did. Yeah, like he but did. I, he did I like, like that. On... It wasn't like it wasn't cheating. It was no, like you no, made not a bet at all. with me. You win. I like. Yeah. I liked that. Mm-hmm. I liked that. And for in the movie for Og, that was like you're like you. It's you. Yeah. Yep. That's, oh, that's at that moment, mo- that's, that's when the you moment. I think oh, no, that it... he, where he decides he's going to. It was a great reveal for me. At it the was end. a great, yeah. Uh, like I, I didn't. But I feel like I in the in the setup of the movie, I feel like that was the point at which she was like, "You're gonna, you're you're gonna win, and you're gonna be you're like, I'm going to take an act because he's there immediately, mm-hmm. and we know that they all don't live in this city. He's at he's gotten on a plane or whatever, and he's yeah. traveled there. Well, that brings me to the next the next the other kids they in the book they're all over the world they are all of yeah in this movie because the the book takes place over a course of months and this mm-hmm. movie takes course over maybe a week days yeah the kids are all from the same city right in the movie uh, in the movie yeah yeah uh and so like the two japanese brothers they mm-hmm. change a bit because yes. they like, apparently live in Columbus, Ohio, with yeah. everybody else. Um, and in Show the, and Dieto. In the movie, they are actual brothers. Yes. And in the movie, they're kind of on board You're right the from the beginning. the badass 11-year-old ever. Yeah, Can't give you a hug. Don't tell him that. He hears it enough or whatever. Uh, in the book, they are very reserved. They, oh, yeah. They're away from everybody. And it's not until, spoiler the, alert, Daito is killed, killed in the real world. Yeah. Oh. Uh, in a great scene. That's the second that scene is, I really wanted to I see. I know. That show realizes, okay, I need to group up with with the Artemis and Parzival, Parzival and H and H. To, um, and I didn't write down H in this list because H was pretty close. H was the most translatable character yeah. plot point, yeah, from the book to the movie. In the book, it's and a, I thought that was amazing. It's a big reveal that yeah. H is actually a a girl. Oh yeah. Um, but I feel like that cat was already so out of the bag that it didn't make sense to make that a giant reveal right. in the movie. So I, H, I get H essentially I says, I could be, I could yeah, be well, uh, she's, she's like, a 30 year old woman living in my parents' basement. Yeah, he tells, yeah. he tells, um, H's avatar, Wade, like, yeah. oh, Artemis could be anyone. Right. She doesn't have to be a girl. So she deposits right. that idea that, right, you can be whoever you want in the Oasis. And right. Spoiler alert, he is she. Is she. And um, and uh, I didn't I didn't look up her name. I love that actress so much, and she only ever plays characters that are basically herself. Oh, really? Yeah, like whatever she whatever she guests in any show that she's on. Yeah, she's just so real. She's just her. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the last the last two I'll say the differences are. Well, I already kind of touched upon it. The keys and the gates. Lena Waith. Lena Waith. Waith. Yeah, Lena Waith. Waith. Lena Waithe. What else has she been in? Oh, um, Master of None, Atlanta. Um, what else? Like um, she guests a lot, and she has. Uh, she was in a couple episodes of This Is Us. She was good. the The yeah. entire High Five. Oh yeah, the High good. Five. Um, that's what we call this group. Yes. Of, of children, by the way. There's five um, of them. 
they're they get high all the time. Yeah, they get they're super high all the time. Super stoners. The last one I'll say is uh, the the regret of Halliday in the book. Mm. I think was based more on the love that he lost. Yes, and in the movie it was based more on the friendship, friendship he that he lost. Lost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those are the major those are the major differences. I mean, of course, there's many more differences. And I will. You're you're doing a very good job of not passing judgment on this. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying what I, the differences. Are. I much preferred the Halliday reveal and that he that he betrayed his friend and f- like friendship was the most important thing to him and like real world friendships that that was his biggest regret in the movie than I agree. the reveal of the book. I agree because. I'm sorry. Love is way overplayed yes. as the motivation yep. in, in stories and in Hollywood. Yeah. So to have it be my friendship gra- My love. greatest re- regret in yeah. life was, was treating my friend the way I did, who no. was so dedicated, who didn't give a shit about my fortune or the game mm-hmm. or the, just because it was ours that we created. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's that little ghost of a message that we're yeah. talking about. Yep. You know, holding on to these real world relationships, not specifically romantic relationships, but like actual real world relationships. So do you want to get into our rants and raves? Let's do it. You want to start with rants or raves? So why don't you start with raves? Start with the good. What What do you want to say about Ready Player One? Um, I have. Can I do two? No. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Do two. One's, one's super small. I am a gracious host. You go are. ahead. The great and powerful sketch. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, very small, the Ecto-88. Yeah. If there were going to be three movie pop cinema cars in existence and you were going to mash them together for me Mm -hmm. that I would make or build, it would be the DeLorean, the Ecto-1, and Kit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I can't think think of anyone else to put in there. Absolutely brilliant. And again, they couldn't get the rights to Ghostbusters, whatever. It's still the Ecto-88. In a virtual world, that's the car that I would... That would, I, I would oh, drive. absolutely. I could totally see you driving that. Yeah. In, in the virtual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. So Except instead of Parsville, it would say shades. It would say shades. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, my car does actually, car actually say does as say a shades. license plate. Oh, no. I'm that guy. Yep. You are that guy. <laughs> okay. Every, listen, everyone who listens to the podcast already <laughs> knew you were that guy <laughs> before you said it. All right. My first actual rave. Mm-hmm. The concept and look of the Oasis is beautiful and a playground where you can live and work and and play outside of where you live as a population of earth grows if it continues to grow in this way it's going to be a necessity we're not going to be able to play and hike and exist in the way that we do now a population of 7.1 billion people and hopefully we don't wind up living in trailers stacked on top of each other mm-hmm. but if you go to new york if you go to Atlanta, if you go to LA, we're getting close to living on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to ha- have this kind of world, I hope we have an oasis that looks like this to play in. Well, the nice thing about this world, which actually doesn't happen in the book, is it, when you have the oasis as a platform in which you can, quote unquote, live, right? you don't have to live on top of each other as much anymore. Right. In the book, they do because there's like... They had the bandwidth wars. Yes. And so the internet is in severely limited. Yes. And everyone lives around Columbus because that's where that's IOI where the, yes. is and that's where gregarious the games highest, are. The highest bandwidth. Uh, so they have the best, they have the best internet. Um, 
I'm going to piggyback on your rave because that's what I wrote too. Just like the premise of this reality in which that you can log into something like this and you can experience things that otherwise uh, you couldn't. And I mean, there are certainly people, especially an older generation, that yeah. are like, go out there and do the, do it for real. And it's like, okay, well, first, fuck you. And second, <laughs> like, there are things that exist out there or that don't exist out there that right. you want to experience. And they don't even have to be, like, fantastical. Yeah, you could slay dragons. Yeah, you could fly your X-Wing down the Death Star Trench. But you know what else you could do? You could go back in time. Okay, yeah. you could experience historical events. Right. Um, I mean, you could you could test out theoretical physics. Absolutely. In a, in a completely virtual reality that is limited to the rules of the real world. You no, know what I no mean? No more space shuttle disasters. Absolutely. No, no more. Uh, you know, no more catastrophic uh, system failures. And having, I know everyone wants to be like, well, it's really bad to get addicted to this. But also, if we're so <laughs> overpopulated. Having a population that starts to get addicted to this and starts to have relationships within the game oh, yeah. and can't procreate but can still have like that emotional Absolutely. invested relationship, the population is going to start to recede a little bit. Yep. You know what I mean? So there are definitely pros and cons of the Oasis, you know, in a world of I am like a virtual world. But there are, wait, let's acknowledge that there are a lot of pros. And that's my rave that I was worried the book did such a great job of painting the Oasis in a positive light yeah. that I was worried we were going to kind of get... It's going to be like, like this dystopia. Yeah, like we're going to get this like Hollywood agenda of right. like, well, you're missing out on the real world. You're missing out on the... And that message was there. It was there, but it wasn't they addressed like... addressed it in wasn't such a nice in your way. Face. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. like, eat this, it's good for you kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> eat your broccoli. Yeah. You know what? Like that... Because that's the stuff I hate. Like where it's like, oh, I've never... I've never experienced love. Right. Okay. And Halliday even says at the end of the book, he, he's his right. big line isn't uh, the real. You still need the real world. It's not. It's not the, that. That's where you find the love. Or, right. Or that's where you find friendship. No, you can find those things in the oasis. Right. We still need the real world because it's still the only place you can get a decent meal. Right. Boom. Yes, you need both the real world and both. the oasis in this kind of future. Yes. And spoiler alert to our actual future. Yes. A future I think we're heading towards. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. I, this has almost nothing to do with it. And now that you've told me that we have some listeners less than 15, I'm a little <laughs> hesitant to say it, but I have a certain group of friends that our conversation will often devolve or evolve <laughs> into the topic of sex robots. Okay. And just, just go with me on this. So we talk about kind of the moral implications of having sex robots in the future. And I have always said, I am on the record of always saying that we're not going to have sex robots. It's going to be something like this. It's going to be something right. like a digital platform that manipulates you in reality. Absolutely. 100% agree. Thank you. 100% agree. Thank you. And not only will it happen, if our society is to survive, mm -hmm. we need it to happen. I think it would be much more beneficial and much more plausible for our society to look for a virtual world that we can populate than to go out into space and find a habitable planet like they do like in Lost in Space or something like that. Spoilers for, for Lost in Space. We've if you already, haven't listened we've to that already done It's really hard to do. I don't know if I 100% agree with you, but it's certainly... It's certainly safer. It's going to buy us some time. It'll buy too. us some time, yep. yeah. But now we're getting into like a matrix kind of thing, mm -hmm. and then less oasis. 
I don't know if I'm with you on that one. I don't mean live in it all the time. You still need to eat. I don't want there, the matrix. I don't want don't. there to be tubes like down everyone's throats, kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? There's a fine line that you, there's a Rubicon that you there don't is. want to cross. Yes, there is. Yeah, you're you're rave. Oh, even though I piggybacked on yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yours. Okay, yeah. I like that uh, specifically in the movie. The pop culture references were broadened. Yes, a little bit because oh, yeah. the book is a love letter to the 1980s. It is, and awesome, great. I'm so happy for you. But right. I was born in the 80s and right. so i'm more of a child of the 90s right um so i understood the references but i don't think i appreciated them the way someone who was a little older than me would have sure so i like that the references and the plot devices and the big reveals of the movie yep. got brought into a you know a bit of a wider audience still a geek audience right but a wider geek audience Yeah, and I think this actually feeds into my next rave Mm -hmm. really nicely. Uh, Just the retooling in general of key components of the story to fit with that, because, and we've talked about this, our biggest difference in what we preferred of book and movie, for me, I really loved that they made it more of an ensemble. Mm -hmm. And this is my next rave, the retooling of the high five to make it more of that team aspect and I really liked that they brought them together early. And so a lot of those changes that they made mm-hmm. that you're talking about with pop culture references, mm-hmm. instead of um, uh, Parzival having to reenact war games, mm-hmm. they they all get trapped in The Shining together. Yeah. And I, I loved that. And I thought that worked so well on on in terms of the film. Mm-hmm. Um where that would not, what would the rest of the high five have done? Like stood there while pa- Parzival reenacts war games? All right, I have two things to say to you. Um, Once you're done. Okay. I was just piggybacking on your, this is your rave. I am like H Okay. in the movie when H is like, I've never seen The Shining. I don't like scary movies. Yeah. I was like, thank you, H, because right. that's me. I saw this on opening night. So did they spoil The Shining for you? I guess if that's what yeah. happens to The Shining. <laughs> Kind of, um, not really. When they enter The Shining and they open the doors yeah. to the hotel, yeah. right? I immediately recognize, I know enough about The Shining sure. to recognize it. But the theater, the packed theater, audibly gasped as one. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, well, this must f- look fucking look exactly, exactly like, the, like Shining the Shining. Because they must have nailed it based on that reaction. I didn't. I didn't have it just like H yeah. because that's, I'm not into horror. That's or, wonderful. Or like that. I wish I had that experience. Um, I was the person gasping for you. I'm not, I won't get into it here because this is a rave section, but sure. you did say we've discussed this a little bit. I disagree. I respectfully right. disagree with you. I know you like that it turned into an ensemble movie. Right. I don't like that they turned into an ensemble movie. Well, I'm just, I'm, yeah. And I'm just, I'm going, that's fine. Whatever it's fine to have to. different opinions exactly. on this. It's fine. I think the broadening the, the pop culture references worked mm-hmm. only because they went in that direction. Yes. If they had made it specific to, to wait, if they had just done the book over, mm-hmm. I don't, the pop culture, culture references wouldn't have worked. Um, and uh, like a lot of the encounters wouldn't have worked. Like Joust is a one-on-one thing and um, War Games is, is really... Uh, Matthew Broderick's the, the lead. Period. End of story. I agree with you that it wouldn't have worked in the movie. I just you didn't prefer. prefer it. It's I not a rave for you. Sure. If I if I could go back and I could have that first experience again sure. of reading that book again from Wade's point of view. Yep. And 
meeting all these challenges, growing as an individual. Right. I prefer that. Yep. That's and fine. that's okay. That's okay to have different opinions. Things. Yeah, and uh, I'll just I'll, I'll just finish my piggyback um, by saying I I loved that they they cement them as a, a team. It's it's the guild that you would want to be a part of. That's my clan. They call them clans. Clan, oh, yes, clans, guilds, yeah. same same thing. Not just um, that's same. my biggest complaint about MMOs. You never the the clan or guild that you find yourself in is never the clan or guild that you really want to be a part of. Unless you have like a group of friends that starts the game together and, yep. and you, you form in the real world and then go into the virtual world. Mm-hmm. You, never, you never meet this group in an MMO. I will, I will admit to you that I've, I personally have never experienced that. Right. I have read stories, though. I've like also read stories. accounts, yeah. like people saying that the people they've met online have become some of the closest and dearest friends. I personally have not I have experienced that. I also personally not have that experience. Um, but I hear, you know, I don't call those people liars. I, I think that it... It sure. happens. I just don't think it happens as often. Yeah, absolutely. Is it uh, your, rant, uh, your rave? Rant? I only have one rave left. If you go want for me to it, do it, go for it. Uh, just a just a big blanket statement that the action scenes were incredibly well done. Um, you know, our biggest movie that we saw before this was probably Black, Black Panther. Panther. And so, if you comp- if you compare both heavily CGI'd, yep, and if you compare the two, hands down, Ready Player One. Holy. Yep. Shit, were they good? I mean, especially that race. Yep. Uh, that that racing was crazy and chaotic. However, mm-hmm. you still had a clear point of view, and you still understood the action going on. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I'm not. This is not the Black Panther episode, but I this think in the Black, in, like in Black Panther, I'm only using that as the most it just, recent it didn't work example. As well, it yeah, didn't it was work. a little bit more clustery. Yep. And th- this was a little bit more refined. Oh, you know what I mean? That's the perfect descriptor. And uh, sure, that last battle scene well, got it's... a little bit more into that territory. But you still had you still had your anchor characters yep. who you were following and kind of the battles happening around them. The focal point wasn't like a big wide lens that look at this amazing battle. It was like, look at what's happening to Parzival and what's at happening to Artemis. At times it was, though. Yeah, but then they would zoom in. Yes. And, you know, yep. catch up. Whereas a, other movies, I won't say Black Panther anymore. Right. Other movies, I think. Have oh, we're a, both thinking of the same thing. I think we both are. Yeah. Other movies, you know, if they like throw in, I don't know, rhinoceroses and tinfoil, right. they have a harder time of zoning in and getting to your like point of view characters. Sure. And making it a clear, crisp narrative device still, not just right. a big fireworks display. Right. Yeah. And and you're referencing Black Panther, but I don't think either of us are thinking of Black Panther. Oh, with the rhinos and tinfoil? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm. I'm yeah, we're talking about something, something else. else. Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll get there. We'll get there. Long time listeners. Do you have any more uh, raves before we switch into raves? I do. I have two. The the film work and the accent work. Mm-hmm. Ty Sheridan, T.J. Miller, Lena Waithe are basically the only American actors in the movie. Everybody else is British, Australian, by some way. Uh, Sir Mark Rylance, considered by many, uh, showing us why he's considered to be the greatest actor of his generation. Um, Now, remember, I don't know actors. Who's this? Halliday, Mark Rylance. Oh, okay. Yep, He's a great stage Shakespearean English actor. Cool. Um... 
what certainly a, uh, um, what a, like a Ben Mendelsohn, who we've soul. seen. Oh yeah, I mean, perfect tortured mm-hmm. geek. Mm-hmm. So so uh, introverted and yep. and Ben Mendelsohn, okay. who we've seen over and over over the last two years. Uh, ready, um, Rogue, Rogue One. One. Mm-hmm. Uh, his work on Bloodlines on Netflix. Uh, what else was he in that I saw recently? Uh, For me, it's just Rogue One. I saw something else with him recently, but just a wonderful actor. And and the the voice work on that uh, went through the went through the credits. Great work, Tom Jones, dialect coach on the movie. I mean, for a cast of Brits, my God. Almost all from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't uh, disbelieve any of that. I didn't, and that's the thing that I noted here. It's not like a when when Americans mm-hmm. do accents, we do caricatures, mm-hmm. right? We all like it's either a stereotypical Cockney, like some that doesn't actually sound like a Cockney. It's what we think it is, or like some bastardized Australian. It's offensive when Americans do accents. Quite frankly, frankly, most oh. of the time. Okay, like we don't really do it well. But it wasn't like a generic American accent that they had. Each Mark Rylance had a very different, specific accent to um, Ben Mendelsohn's. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his name? Sorrento. They they were so specifically chosen that at no point it was like, oh, this guy's British, and that was mind blowing to me. You're just reminding me of the time that I have have had both uh, British people and Australian people say I have the stereotypical American accent and then they would do stereotypical American accents to me. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think they could also stereotype well, accents. Y- yes. Uh, but my oh. point is they weren't stereotypical American accents. Oh no, in the Oh yeah, in the movie. Yeah, I thought you movie. meant just like people. No, 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 no. 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 Yeah, I well because I'm not from other countries, I don't see Americans in other productions right. made for like English audiences or Australian audiences and seeing them. I mean, I'm just thinking about like when uh, an American shows up on like a, a Downton Abbey or a show, a, you know, a, or Doctor Who. Okay. They're not. Or it's usually, they're usually from Texas or something mm-hmm. or, or like the Midwest, something very noticeable. Oh, yeah. Well, the, yeah. Like, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll do something with a good old inflection. Right. Yeah. And this wasn't that. No, it wasn't. It was amazing. It was just middle America. Yeah, in a in a future where everything's a little bit more homogenized yes. as well. Yep. Yeah, I appreciated it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last rave. Last rave. Okay. You don't have any more raves? No, I mean I loved it. I really yeah. did love it. That's fine. This is my two percent. This is your two percent. <laughs> hefty, I, hefty two percent. I really, I really preferred the portrayal of Artemis in mm-hmm. the movie, the okay. Artemis in the book. Because in the book, they really make Artemis, they they do, she is a badass gunter. She certainly is. But they do turn her into Wade's prize in the book. And she is at the center of, uh, spoiler alert, the climax of the movie to get the last clue and key, uh, I'm sorry, the last key, they have to play adventure. They do. Adventure is the first game ever to have an Easter egg in it. The creator of the game created this little gray dot that if you brought it to a specific place in a in the Black Castle, in an entirely black room and went to a specific spot on the wall, you would enter and find his name created by mm-hmm. uh, Robert Wendell, I think was his name. I don't remember. Sure. 
that might be incorrect. Longtime listeners, I apologize. Probably someone will correct you. Someone will. Maybe nobody will. Maybe no one will correct me. No should have written. It. I should have looked it up and written it down, but I didn't. Should have. So, um, and interestingly enough, Atari's made a, a bunch of these like joystick console things. The Easter egg is still there, yeah. but if you bring it to it in the updates, they have removed his name and it just says in quotes text. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, they were furious that he did this. Wow. The yeah. So I I preferred. Oh, look what it's made. I know. I preferred that they didn't. Artemis was not his prize, and that it was her that went in, did all the real world stuff, and went into IOI. Okay. And I, th- I thought it gave her a better story device. Okay. For the movie. I know, I know you are <laughs> you are chomping up a bit to start your first rant. Well, if you notice, I'm just saying okay to you. I'm not yeah. agreeing with you because I you disagree heavily. Disagree. Sure. Uh, that brings us to I respectfully rants. disagree. Okay. I mean, I I don't. You you're saying the word prize. Yes. Artemis is her prize. Or Parzival's prize. I will disagree with that. I okay. think Artemis becomes his motivation. I think, and I think that's a much more positive way to spin it. Because less so... I'm not a politician sketch. I when you're, things. When you're saying just those those discs at the, on the house DJ at, uh, <laughs> at Hawkins Middle School... I um, spin... I spin vinyl. Artemis... Not politics. I had... Oh, how do I put this? Okay. I don't know. For starters, I think saying that she's a prize makes it much more physical Mm -hmm. and i think especially in the book it was much more it was the motivation it was the discovering of this connection between two people that there is another person in the world who i actually want to meet i want to be with i want to spend time with i want you to want me sure in the book I think far more so than in the movie. In the book, everyone in the Oasis is tremendously guarded. And even though you are with millions of people in this game, it is very clear that you are all alone in yes, the Oasis. Very true. And by meeting Artemis, by having this very organic relationship that goes through these tremendous ups and tremendous downs, Wade's Oasis, I mean, Wade's motivation starts turning into helping her, finding her, meeting up with her. Mm-hmm. But it's also mutual. We don't see Artemis' point of view in the book, right? but we get enough through their interactions to know that they're both looking for the same thing, even though they don't know they're looking for the same thing, as in each other. Yes. You know, they're both obviously looking for the egg. Right. But... And that that maybe is filling the hole in their heart or in their desire. Mm-hmm. But through this, they're learning that, oh, no, there's much more to life than beating this game, quote unquote. Right. Right. So. It's not like your princess is in another castle to me. It's, <laughs> it's more like these two souls that have traveled and I'm doing a hand motion here. You are. Great, great audio, audio. audio from just from from across time and space and they're just meeting at this one mm-hmm. moment and I, I just thought it was beautiful and, and, and i hear what you're saying i know 
But How, you disagree. I disagree because she yeah. is literally in a castle. And he has to win her. But it's more than just her <laughs> at that point. Uh, it, it is 100% is it? more. Oh, is yes. It? Yes, it is. Is it? Yes, I'm. You're keep, even though you keep asking the question, I'm not going to change the answer. I tell this to my kids all the time. You can ask me however many times you want. I'm not going to change the answer. Uh, at that point, certainly at the beginning when we meet Wade, yes, that would be his prize. Yes. At this point in the in Wade's story, I think he has moved past. She is still tremendously oh, important to him. Okay, so there the is... character of Wade, sure, but in the context of the book written by the author, mm -hmm. she is literally a princess in the castle. That's the motif he's going for. It's oh, Mario. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't get her point of view right. on things. I do like in the movie how at the end he had to sacrifice Artemis to pr protect yes. her life. That was that was lovely. I thought that was fantastic. Um, but the other thing, my other problem with Artemis isn't so much like a problem with Artemis, it's what they did. This is my second. It's what rant. they did to Wade to make Artemis better. Yep. They took a lot of what made Wade great and smart and clever yes. and motivated, and they instead just assigned that to Artemis. Yep. So instead of having Wade just be this great character that he is from the book and having Artemis be also be a great uh, character also a great character and let's like they let's actually we have the chance to write some some story for her write right. some character for her well let's just instead let's take simplify some Wade. Wade let's just 50-50 yeah. them both out you know and that i think was my biggest problem with Artemis was that i felt because of what they did to Artemis Wade, Wade suffered was weekend. and yeah. so sure it was less of a Wade story Fine, that's mm -hmm. okay. But more than that, it was the it, high five. They stories. diminished weight, yeah, to get the Artemis story. Like I love but that Artemis they, was they also... in IOI. I love that they did that. And yep. in the book, Wade's the Wade's one, the one that goes and Wade, he comes up because it takes place over months. He right. he he learns. He develops a plan. He allows himself right. to be captured. I mean, it's very like it's very uh, like a like a heist yes. almost to do this. Whereas Artemis is more like impulsive and quick on her feet, and she right. finds herself here and she finds a way out. Great. I love that. But like Wade were... didn't have the counter to that. Right. In the book, if this were a comedy, this would be the point where like it happens and then you get to this the story builds back up to this point and you get the flashback of like yeah. all of the planning that went into exactly. it. And the villain's like, oh my god, how did I feel fall for this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the reason I I disagree. Oh, that's fine. With, and we are allowed to we disagree. Are. We are. And you can ask me, was it as many times as you want? And I'm still <laughs> going to stick to my. Well, my that brings answer. me. That brings me to my first rant. Very nicely. It's it's just the oversimplification of the oasis and the challenges. Mm -hmm. um, it's the challenges were too complex and niche for the appeal of a blockbuster. I, it, it was it was just too simple. When I the challenges in the movie, mm -hmm. I understand why they did it. They were too easy. Yes, 
when to I, ever be Easter eggs. When I s- no Easter egg is that easy to. Oh no! Uh, Goodness no. A find and then yeah. B, you can find an Easter egg, but then to obtain it and then never obtain it. Yeah, there are certainly challenges and quests that I've never, and the a lot of the Arkham games come to mind. I, by the time Arkham Knight came out, I didn't even give a shit about the Riddler quests anymore. I was like, these are just too goddamn hard, a lot of these. Yeah. Some I of them, love, like, oh, I love. Some of them, you. My convoluted. Um, There's no way anyone, like, the 90% of people would never find them. I was way more proud. And if we ever talk about Tomb Raider, maybe I'll talk about it during a Tomb Raider episode. Yeah. But when I played through PS3 Tomb Raider, you got 100%. And I, and I got 100% on my own. Right. I felt so much better about that sure. than even just beating the game. You know what I mean? Like I, the adventure right. of and discovery of finding these sure. things. Was oh. secondary to playing the game yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. It got to that point. Oh, so good. Um, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> How oh, the challenges. Yeah, yeah. the challenges. I, when we ordered our tickets for, for opening night. Yeah. My wife and I had the discussion of should she go or should she not? Right. She had not read the book yet. And I told her, I don't recommend you going to the movie. And she said, oh, because I haven't read the book yet? And I said, yeah, that's the reason. No, I honestly did say, like, I really think this book is so good. I really think you should read the book and then see the movie because it'll ruin like those big discovery moments. Right. It'll ruin the challenges for you. Then I saw the movie and right. saw that it was woo, completely different. Right. And I came home and I told her, you would have been able to would, come. Right. You can see this movie and then go read the book. Right. And it'll still be amazing. Yep. You know, it's not going to take anything away. A rare instance in when I think like a book and a movie are equally as good and can stand on their own. Yeah. Yeah. If you've seen this movie and, and are now like, well, I don't really have to read the book anymore. You I would still 100% read, I would read the book. still read the book. And if you get the audio version, you, it's read by Will Wheaton. It is read by Will Wheaton. Yeah. And, at one point, and at one point, he has to say Will Wheaton because yes. he's referenced he's in the referenced book. He's referenced in the book. Um, so meta. I had the thought, and I know this was just a me thought, and I, am, I would almost never uh, put this out there for like any other movie, but this was a movie that I left with going, God, I wish it was like a trilogy. And that yeah. like each challenge was the focal point of its own movie. Wow. And I know that would really stretch it out. And I know that most people wouldn't want that. But I just, I wanted to really get into those challenges yeah. a lot more than we did in the movie. But there's limitations. You have such and such amount of time. And uh, you have to bring the whole audience along with you, you at once. You don't have the kind of the freedom of a book that like lets the reader digest it at their own pace. You have a bunch of people in the theater and they all have to get from point A to point B together. Yes. Just limitations. Your rant. My rant. Um, well, I talked a little bit about Artemis and Wade already and just how I thought that the characters were like, their edges were, their sharp edges were dulled. Yeah. You know? And and another character that I feel like that was done to a Sorrento. The, oh, yeah. The villain. <laughs> uh, he, was... he was almost at times in the movie, like, comical. Right. And silly. And like, and he had this underling in the real world finale, which right. wasn't in the book. And like, she was the more vicious one in the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and in the book, he's fucking doing all this. Like, oh yeah. He is a straight up dangerous guy. Yes. And they he, kind of uh, they did the same thing with him that they did to Wade. Really, they they, did. they split him off into finale and Iraq. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Iraq is a much different character in the. I mean, I that's 
And even this though piggybacks nicely into my this is a rant section, but I rant. still I still liked Iraq in this oh, yeah. movie. Oh yeah, and I like, very different. I like how they changed him. This is T.J. Miller's character. Yes. in the book, he's he's really nobody. He's he's just like he's, a, he's like he actually is more with the high five than he yes, is. He is. With Sorrento he's a gunter. Yeah, and and but he ends up being a sellout. Yeah. Uh, and like sells information for a little bit of fame, right? Whereas in this book, I mean, he, he I mean, in the movie, he is legitimately working for yeah. Sorrento, and he's doing—he's a private contractor. He's doing yeah. in the Oasis, basically, what Finale's doing in the, in real, the real world. world. And Sorrento is really just—he's just a—he's just, just a faceless suit, yeah. And who doesn't get any of this in the book? He's much more dangerous. He is—he is—he is dangerous. He is much smarter. Oh yeah, in in the book, and he is. Um, he's. I think they went for it in the movie to make him heartless, but it came off more of just like he doesn't get it. No, he's not invested. Yep. He's not invested. Okay, but in the in the book, and he I think is that was just, a legit decision. Um, just even based oh, on I, his I would avatar. agree. I would agree, and I think that's why specifically it's a rant. Like yep. it's not just something that happened. Like it was decided to do this mm-hmm. to Sorrento in a similar way that it was decided to do this to, right. to Wade. Um, oh God, he is, he is, he is, he is just a very threatening, menacing villain. Yep. In the book, do you have a, a rant? I do. Uh, Wade and Samantha are just too cool and beautiful and perfect in the yes. movie. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, in the book, that's a big rant. Wade is like crazy overweight and, um, they, not, I shouldn't say crazy overweight, but he's, he's got some chunk. Yeah. He doesn't and, do a lot of physical activity no, in the real world. They, they emphasize this in the book where he has to use an exercise bike. He's so poor. He has to generate his power own, yeah. before he can use his rig yep. and it can run out yeah. and he has to recharge it. Mm-hmm. And he like he hates exercising so much, and there's so much emphasis placed on that in the book. And and uh, Artemis's birthmark is is so like you get this in the movie, like oh, if you saw me, you wouldn't love me. That I'm was a, that was a big issue it's for like, me. Oh, like it was like you won't love me in the real world because I'm ugly, and then you meet her in the real world, and she's beautiful, <laughs> and, but she has a birthmark, <laughs> and it's like it's like insulting. Yeah. To the average public right that, right that we are like hey we're talking hey, like, lady you're fine yeah uh and then she like wears her birthmark in the in the game like as a badge as a badge of, like, of honor of, of yeah, who i am which four. was like a cool little little nod but they it they was were so it was just they took so, a message from the book yeah and they just they blew it they just whew, blew it into yeah. the wind they had every chance to not, and they didn't like overly doll up Samantha or no. anything like that. But she's certainly like wearing makeup when Wade meets oh, her, yeah. and <laughs> she's like part of an underground resistance. There's she has perfectly like swept hair yes. with a curl. There's no reason she's for wearing, her to like, look this good, and she that, like she looks like she's ready for prom. Yes, and and same with uh, same Wade, with Wade too. Yeah. I mean Wade Wade also. They had Wade a real, so chic. they had a real chance here yeah. to like, it's even just part of the storytelling device yeah. to kind of like, <laughs> it's egregious. It is make egregious. them more like regular, normal people. <laughs> yeah. We bear, well, in the movie, we see them more often than we do in the book. Yes. But like, 
They're not even on screen all the time no. where like your audience is going to be like, I can't watch these ugly people anymore. Right, right, you right, know, right. They're always going to see the difference between. And to be fair, they're not ugly in the book. They're just average. They're just average. They're that, just that's the average point. people. Like we have this. Hollywood has a hard time showing us average people. And when they show us average people, I'm always like, God, I wish I was that. <laughs> We're average. not talking my 600 pound life right. here. They're We're, just average, normal people who this, spend all day in a virtual world, so they're not, like, chiseled superheroes. This was the perfect platform yeah. to actually have Hollywood show some average people, average like people. you and I. Well, we're a little above average. We're a little above average. That's why we do an audio podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I 100% agree with you. When I saw, <laughs> like, the first sills of, like, Samantha right. in the real world, I like, was like, oh, is, come on. This is not what I pictured. Yeah. I loved, in the book, when... Um, Wade is basically almost killed by Sorrento. Yep. He goes on the run and he he hides his identity and everything and he right. locks himself into this apartment. And uh he starts to get so overweight that like yes. almost on an impulse buy, he he buys yes. this exercise, the program, exercise program and it locks him out of the oasis right. until he does an hour of exercise. Yeah. And then it gets him in the best shape of his entire life. And he decides to even after the trial period is right, done. Right, right, right. He, he continues He continues it because yeah. he recognizes it's good for him. What a fucking good message. Yep. Like, that's a great message. He didn't want to do it. He hated doing it. Yep. But through the work and perseverance and because he had no choice, he actually got in shape and then he realized, oh, oh this, this is, is better. Good for me. Yes. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is me now realizing that in reality, yep. there are things I must do too. And that was a great way that the, great message. the, the book did it. Was that your rant or my that rant? That was my rant. I just jumped in on it, though, That's because okay. that... That's so And outrageous. her birthmark wasn't even, like... I grew up... Throw some was, hairs in it or something. Uh, I, I grew up with someone went to, and went to school with them who had a similar mark. Yeah. Uh, and went through the process of having it removed. And I, I can just... You know, whatever. I can remember being, like, uh, in fifth grade, being like, why? Yeah. Why? Artemis or Samantha, at the very least, should have been a little more off-putting than at least the people around her. Yeah. Like, she had the guy with the fucking, like, Mike Tyson (laughs) face face tattoo on his face. And, Ah! like, these people around the characters are pretty average looking. So yep. she should have at least been as average as average of everyone around her. her. Yeah. You're you're anyway, I'll 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 move on. Um I I didn't like and this is this will be a quick one. Just a kind of a little change from the book to the movie, but I, I didn't like how in the book or in the movie we kind of got this little scene of just Wade becomes famous, Parzival becomes famous, and he buys all of his upgrades. Yeah. He buys the holy hand grenade, he buys the Rubik's Cube, like he just buys things. The, the Zemeckis cube. In the, yeah. In the None of the none of that exists in the book. Right. In There's the no in Zemeckis the book, cube. he goes on quests. He starts yes. Forming relationships with Daito and Show, right? Like he earns these things. He goes he now on has adventures. the resources to go on adventures yes. to leave his planet and and, and, and you through have, this he grows. Yes, through this he matures. Through this he makes. We've relationships. only got an hour and, and I know we do, but that, seventy minutes. That scene, forty minutes, or whatever that it was, scene could have just as easily been, been a, montage, a montage, which would have been a great yes eighties. That nostalgia scene, thing to throw in of you, them you going not, to different planets and you and, would not have yes. had to extend the length of the movie at all. You could have thrown absolutely in a montage. Right. You're and, absolutely right. And so that, that Every me. movie needs a montage. Every movie needs a montage. Deep cut there. Um, Do you remember that? 
Yeah, uh, Captain America. Oh, Captain America. Oh, <laughs> scat! Team America. Team America. Uh, World Police. Gotta have but yeah, so that just bothered me because that was to me that was like a grievous misstep. That that took away yeah. the aspect of gaming. Why people yep. are in this game? Yeah, there's two types of gamers. There's there's in MMOs. There are the gamers that go on quests. Yeah. and amass their objects, and there are people who dump thousands of dollars into the game and buy whatever the hell they want. And it's also a it would have been a great critique on the current climate of yes. gaming. Yep. Like, do you remember when to unlock levels or to unlock skins? You had to complete You had previous, to complete Yes. Them. Now you just, you just put in your credit card yep, information. And buy the and DLC. Get, and that's what Wade did in this. Yes. And he, as a gamer and a geek, should have been off-put by that. Yes. Just like you and I are as, yes. as audience members. Yes. So that's a rant. Maybe it's an even bigger rant than I even that started was, yeah, outside. That, I think that was because, bigger than you intended. It's, but it's egregious. It is. It's egregious. Um, this is this is kind of the message of the movie seems like it is betrayed by the movie itself. Okay, uh, what up, I mean by that is me. the product placement of WB in a film that <laughs> makes IO that that makes it I, the IOI mm-hmm. of the real world, and it it, it just ends up betraying the the message that they're trying to convey yeah. with like the, these these they they don't actually love this stuff they're posers they're taking advantage of you mm-hmm. they're just putting things in front of you that you want to buy and that was kind of wb in this instance it was unfortunate i feel like this was wb's way to stick it to disney, disney. yes uh and this this you is might be a killing story. it at the box office, but when you look back at yeah. movie movie cinema history, yeah, w, and even if we look at totals, WB is still killing Disney in the over the course of a hundred years. This WB Disney's not even close to catching WB. This was like a it felt desperate, yeah, to pump in as to much remind as they us did. everything that WB's put out. Whereas this story. In, in its core, yep, is really a story about like acceptance of all of this, all of it stuff, and it's unfortunate that like real world, our politics, real world, yeah, Hollywood politics had to feature in, and, and I don't know how you get around that. I think the most egregious example of this, but I loved it, mm-hmm. was the Iron Giant. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Did you not love it? I don't have the the nostalgia feels that I feel a lot of people of our generation oh, do I with Iron, Iron Giant. Giant. I didn't see Iron Giant as a child. I saw it later in life, so it wasn't with me at those like crucial developmental gotcha. years. So you know, like I saw him, and I'm like, "That's cool. He's got the Iron Giant, or she's got the Iron Giant right. in, in this." But like, people were like fucking losing their shit yeah. over, it. and and people do because, and it's probably similar to me as something I saw in my childhood that I can't even think of right now. But you know. It was fine to me. It didn't bother me. Right. I know other people were bothered by the Iron Giant in that she was kind of using it very violently. Right. And the, Iron, the Iron, Iron Giant's was, message is very not. I'm a weapon of war, but yeah. I just wanna I just wanna sit in the forest and, and commune with nature. Yeah. yeah. And instead in this, she's like, oh well, I'm gonna kill up laser beams. Yeah. Uh, so I know some yeah. people were bothered by that. But again, because I'm not so like emotionally invested in the Iron right. Giant, it didn't, didn't, didn't bother me that much. You're rant well that brings me to this this is another one that i say is small but um maybe it's bigger than i think once i start talking about it just 
I get why they did it for the visual in the movie, but it just screamed to me that who's ever making these decisions don't care about how virtual reality works in, At all. in, in real world. Yeah. Like when you see the scene of them driving down the street and the kids like playing Halo, play Halo characters are like running down the street right. with their VR goggles on. Right. Like, that's, no, they're going to hit something. They're going to run into a wall. A car is gonna, going to kill They're going to fall. That, you you right. don't do that. That's yeah. not how you that's play not VR. How VR works. When the IOI guys like, they take the rail gun and they shoot seven IOI guys in a right. row and then it flashes to them and in, in their IOI rigs right. and the seven in a row get killed. Right. They that's, wouldn't be next to each other yeah, in this. Again, it, it was it was like minor and it's like it's like But that's that's Spielberg showing that he's seventy one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's <laughs> that's when it hit me. That's when I was like, oh like there's an old there's an old man behind the right. wheel of this one. Because that's not how we do things, you know? Um, it's it's like Artemis and Parzival didn't have to be literally next to each other to do all of their adventures together. Right. That's the whole point right, right, of virtual yeah. reality. There was no reason then for them to be driving around in the same truck. Yeah, and yeah. and for me and for me it just came down to like it's a movie celebrating this technology, but it it like it failed at the understanding of it and like what is potentially one of the best features of this technology. Right, just for like a visual. Like a visual, and I'm a visual guy. I appreciate a good visual, but this was the, an instance where the specific visual to me hurt the the deception of the movie. You know, the right. deception that like, oh, I'm here, I'm experiencing this. This could right. happen. So. Right in a, a movie that gives us um, Daito jumping out of Serenity, turning oh, into a Gundam. That was probably my biggest scene. Geek out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're like, sir, sit down. Yeah. We are enjoying this movie. To then also have the things that you just talked about yeah. is mind-blowing. It's yeah. like, did Spielberg actually direct this movie? Right. Or did somebody else do these parts? I feel like I feel like at that point he was like, well, they should all. Because they're in a line. They should." <laughs> and someone was like, well, actually, Steve, uh, they wouldn't be next to each other. And Steve was like, hey, fucking fire that guy. And then, <laughs> and then he goes, the next guy, they should all be in a line. He's like, yes, sir, they should all be in a line. <sighs> All right. Do you have any more rants? Uh, I I have one last rant, but we've already talked about it. So I'll just say the way in which they neutered characters, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Og and uh, and IOI mm-hmm. uh, Sorrento, uh, and just briefly, Og is way more powerful and invested in the game. It's sweet what they did turning him into the the curator, but he's he's not as powerful. He's not as powerful, and he's not as um, revered. He's I, kind of a recluse in this. I think looking back, and it, this wasn't made clear in the movie, which is why it's it's a rant. I think we're supposed to kind of tie that together with the falling out between yes. the two characters, yep. Halliday and Og, and that you're you're really supposed to believe that Og has been removed from the game completely. Right. Even his avatar. Even his avatar, Or, yeah. or something yeah. like that. But that wasn't made clear enough to... It wasn't. ...to not become a rant. Right. Yeah. And, um... And then just... We talked about how they neutered Sorrento already, but he, they straight up murder people violently. Yes. In the real world. Yes. And then... And then use their avatars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's terrifying. It is terrifying. It's terrifying. The scene where Daito dies is, yeah. in the book is gasp. I gasp yeah. like out loud when that happens because it's it's really haunting that they see it from the point of view of his character, of his character, and like what's happening to his real body, and right. then all of a sudden the character just goes goes blank. Right. You know. Right. 
it's it's so much more devious in the book <laughs> and so deliciously dark what this this character is doing. But again, the movie it really rounds the corners yeah. of the story and it makes it much safer yeah. for an audience. And I agree with you. I think Sorrento needs his fangs, man. He does. And instead, he's just like, a, oh, this guy. This guy. It, a... It's almost to the point where you like, you. it's hard to believe that he's even where he is. He's a and is as powerful as digitally he is. removed mustache on the lips of Henry Cavill. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. Well, should I do my last, my last rant? Yeah. yeah, take it away. This rant comes with a little story. Okay. May I? Can you... Uh, it's a short story. Okay. okay. When, when I was talking to a friend of mine about this movie, and he asked me two things. What am I most excited about? Mm-hmm. What am I most worried about? Okay. Right? And I listed some of the scenes I was excited about. Yep. It was me let down because they weren't in the movie, but whatever. I got past it. Thing I said... Did you? Really? They did. I got past okay. them. Because <laughs> I, I bumped the movie up to an yeah. indie. I really... I, re- I left it really enjoying it the okay. second time. Good. I said there was one thing that they could do in this movie that would make me fucking hate it. Okay. Absolutely hate it. Is if at the end, after all of this happens, (laughs) Wade learns the important lesson that no one should be in the virtual world and everyone should appreciate the real world. The real world. And he shuts down the (laughs) Oasis. Just on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And he didn't do it, but then he fucking does it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right, right, right. So I didn't hate the movie, but I was like, oh, fuck you. You you, you made it almost to the end. Right. And it's like, okay, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, people are out of a job now. Right. People don't go to school anymore. Right. And I'm really happy for you two that you have each other in the real world right. in the same building. But right. all of these other relationships right. are like, well, I guess I'll just sit here and I don't know, do drugs for a day <laughs> until I can get back in to the thing I live for. Right. You know, I guess I'll just sit here in my empty apartment. Yes. By myself, trying not to hurt myself like, until I can log back into the game and see my therapist. People are very prone to addiction uh, in yeah. this world. And yes, well, it's a get... world predicated on using addiction in positive ways. Yes, the Oasis might not be perfect, but it's a much safer, safer. environment for for people with addiction. Right, and it's so much better to get addicted to this the, than yes. it is to like boot tar heroin right. or something. Okay, <laughs> and so I can only imagine that in this world, the, it would be the a dr- black tar heroin actually. Oh, it's not boot tar hair? No, 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 that's black tar. Shows what I know about the, about drugs. See, guys? <laughs> Sketch doesn't do drugs, and you just learned why Shades had to go to rehab for a couple of weeks. Uh, but, like, it's so, it's so closed-minded. Like, it was such a juvenile choice for them to make. Like, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, everyone should go out there and experience life. Well, it's what also are they gonna... a movie. It's also a movie made by a 71-year-old and who that, doesn't and understand that's what it was. virtual I was reality. Like, I was like, oh, oh there's Spielberg. Steven. There it is. There he is saying, you kids got to get out there and play. <laughs> they don't have a yard, Steven. They're eight, eight RVs up in the sky. Oh, they have God. nothing to do. Nothing. And... And it just really bothered me. And it was like, all right, you kids, I guess you could log out on Tuesdays and Thursdays to have your <laughs> snuggle time, but everyone else shouldn't you be shouldn't forced. You shouldn't make that decision for everybody. You shouldn't make that decision yeah. for everybody. That was rough. Uh, or at least like put in like incentives to not be out as much. Right. You know, right, right, or, right, right. you know, so kudos to them for not just flat out saying. The Oasis is shut down. Yes. And, and for backing it up a little bit, but I didn't even need that. No. I didn't even need that. It didn't that. make sense. And that's one of the things I love about the book. 
the book ends basically just as the contest completes. You right. don't get like an epilogue of like, well, then Artemis and I fell in love and we went off to Oregon and we had babies and the oasis flourished for a couple more years before I faded. Like, yeah. no, it just ended <laughs> and you as the reader are left with like, okay, Wade loves this world. I feel confident that he's going to be a good he's caretaker. going to be a good caretaker of this world. Or you as the reader, if you read the book and you go, oh, Wade has learned a lot about this world, and now I trust him to kind of wean the world off, off of this. Of he will do it. Like, the book let you make make that decision. Wade has learned that there, there are positives yes. of living in the real world. Exactly. And he's going to share this knowledge with everybody. Exactly. And give, give rules and structure that will make the Oasis even better. Yes. Instead, nope. we get this little Couple line times. pushed in at the end that Cut. says, like, I know what's better for everybody. All you need and, is love. Yeah. And then, fuck you, John. That just fuck you. That just bothered me because I know drug use and suicide skyrocketing on Tuesdays <laughs> and Thursdays in this Seriously. world. Seriously, yeah, like no doubt in my mind. Yeah, you don't take addicts and go cold turkey two days nope. of the week. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Uncle Travis. Like you can keep doing coke, but on Tuesdays and Thursdays, no coke. Uncle Travis is gonna be a fucking mess on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uncle Travis dreads Tuesdays and yes. Thursdays, and I would too in this future. Do you have any big questions I about Ready Player One? I have some big questions for Ready Player One. Uh, is everybody just doing drugs on Tuesdays and Thursdays? That was not my big question. I think that we just answered that. Okay. Um, first big question. Can I start? Yeah. I just took a rant. What the F is up with the resistance? Yeah. Artemis calls, uh, basically calls Wade's kidnapper. Mm-hmm. He's kidnapped. Yes, he is. He's abducted, straight up abducted. Yes. Quote, her guy. Yeah. Implying authority. Mm-hmm. That she has some kind of status, and she walks him around like her cult compound. Oh, I definitely read it. Like this um, is Artemis's organization. Yeah, yes. like she's some kind of wealthy recluse who's like crafted this thing somehow. Um, I don't know if you ever watched Revolution, but it had that feel when you first yeah, walk no, into. That's one this on my list camp. though that I'd like to see. I enjoyed see. the first season, second season. That's what so I much. heard. Yeah. Um, what? What happened? They never developed it, yeah. and collapses like. Well, this is why I say and, that they evened out Wade. They, like, yeah, knocked him down to yeah, 50%, yeah, yeah. and they bulked up Artemis to 50%. They didn't, like, make her, like, right. woo, amazing, yeah. because they deposited this idea of the resistance, and then they did nothing with it. Well, and then they're all murdered? And I assume because IOI has its own army them? or police department. You don't see any of them in the in the the work camps. No. And I had a big problem with that work camp. Oh, I had such a big problem. Because in the work book, camp. the work camp makes sense because it's like right. tech support yeah. and like stuff like that. And in this, they're moving boxes. It made like, no just write a program sense. to move boxes. Yes. We, we, we have yes. that technology, believe it or yes. not. Even right now, right. you and yeah. I are, are discussing <laughs> this. It's, it's actually, they sell toys and you can program it on your smartphone yeah. and it will, it'll do that. Yes. So that, that, they I didn't write down they as a were rant, basically, but I didn't like the word. They were camp. basically human Roombas. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Artemis's resistance was, was she the only one that goes into the Oasis? They had another rig, but yeah, we never, I, I feel like we never saw another person mm-hmm. enter the Oasis. You had one guy that kidnaps and cooks. Yep. And you had like five other people and I don't know what they do. <laughs> Obviously not lookout because right. there was no warning was when no IOI showed up. Um that that was a big that was that was another point where I was like, okay, Spielberg is an old guy because he was like, 
all right, how do we show that Artemis is like a right. kick-ass woman? Well, let's give her resistance. Right, 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 right. Okay, what do you want to do with it? No, that's enough. Yep. Like, just to have her have it. That's that's revolutionary enough to have this young girl leading this revolution. Yeah, they or resistance. They needed to do more with, more with that. I 100% agree with you. That's a great big question. I don't have an answer. Thank you. I don't have an answer. Okay. I only have... Well, I have two Lay them on us. Lay them on us. One is light and one is less light. What, okay. what would you like first? Give me the light. Okay. We as the audience yes. are totally on board when Wade falls in love with Artemis. Oh, okay. Finds in the real world, convinces her she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And presumably they live happily ever after on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> right? <laughs> and we as the audience are like, yes. It's he fell in love with her even before she knew about her grotesque, not at all birthmark. <laughs> <laughs> so so he he loves her at her core being like who she is not based on appearance at all and that is true and that is pure and that's lovely and, Here's the and we're like yay what if he found artemis since she was 11 years old <laughs> what if she was show yeah i mean we see we see that children play this game what if Wade <sighs> fell in love with, with an eleven-year-old? It 11 has year old. to happen in this world, right? Yeah, it has to happen all the time. And we, as the audience, were like, "Yay!" Right, love right, each right, other right. For who each other are, and then the reveal that, like, oh, oh Artemis is eleven. Oh no! Oh, I am very invested in this relationship already, <laughs> and now I know she's eleven. <laughs> that would have been a giant issue. And I guess my big question is. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> like you're playing with fire here. It is a risky setup. It I will give you that. Risky, it is very risky, risky setup. It's very risky. I like if I were Wade, I would have been like very cautious. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Like when he met her, like oh my God. Right. Because, like, don't you think I'm ugly? And he could be like, I'm just glad you're my age. Right. right. Oh, are you afraid I was 78 and a man? Right. No. No. I was afraid, afraid you were eight and a girl. Eight year old girl. Yeah. You know, uh, can you tell that we both work in education, longtime listeners? I mean, our greatest fear. Seriously. Like, I mean, oh, God. When you think about the dangers of online right now for oh everybody, my, yeah. for oh. everybody. Oh, yeah. Imagine how dangerous, more dangerous the, the Oasis, Oasis is. Yep. Holy shit. For, for children and adults. And adults. And adults. That's why I mean for Who are not themselves everybody. sexual predators. Oh, like, yeah. Just. Oh shit! Well, there's that uh, like like catfishing. Yeah, I'm not saying children out there catfishing adults. Right. I'm saying, but like, yeah, it's a real. It is it, a. It, it really would bring up a, a very risk. interesting like discussion that yes. I don't want to have on this podcast. Nor do but, I. Like, if you were in that world, it is. I mean, risque. think about like the support groups that would exist within the Oasis. There, for, like, there would be a planet. Yeah, a planet yeah. sized support. Because it'd be like, oh, I married a woman. And we in had, the game. And we had digital children, and we've been living happily for 20 years, and I found out that it's a man who has 18 other families right. simultaneously. Right. Like, well, how do I deal with that mentally? Right. I mean... Easy that, sketch. Easy. That's Easy. The, or, I mean, that's not autobiographical at all. Right. I mean, I, that's a hypothetical? Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's an aspect of the Oasis that I find very interesting, because like, I know yeah. it's out there. Oh, yeah. And there's no way this movie's going to touch it. Right. And the book doesn't really even touch on no. it either. But people who just people who play like MMOs MMOs or even or, just in, on yeah, social media, social you media, know yeah. that people you know are what's displaying happening. You know what's happening. what they want you to yep. see. It is it is just 
an interesting situation. I so the question was, what the fuck? Do you have an answer? Uh, I just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Just don't do just it. Stay. Stay uh, to yourself and and curl up on a ball on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. Try not to OD on some black tar heroin. It's black tar heroin. Black, black tar heroin. Okay. I am going to search the GoCo after we're done recording, <laughs> and I swear to God, if I find any black tar heroin. <sighs> my uh, my drug of choice is hot chocolate. Yeah. It really is. That's what he calls it. Yep. <laughs> no, it's uh, not. The, it's the caramel it's not a substance, guys. No. It's not. It's a. It's a stripper at Whiskers. <laughs> His name is Hot Chocolate, and Jade just really can't get enough. But you know what, guys? It's better than the heroin, so we oh let him do goodness. it. We let thank, him do it. Thank you for doing this show with me, Sketch. No problem. Oh man. Do you have another big question? I have I one do. more, but it's your turn. I do. How the fuck? Yeah. And I know we've talked about how neutered this character is and how clueless he is. Well, this might how be my question. How the fuck uh-huh. did Sorrento not know uh-huh. he was still sitting in his chair yeah. wearing the fucking visor? Yeah, how did he not feel How it? did he not feel the visor on his face? Because this isn't the Matrix. Yeah. This is not the Matrix where you're plugged in a machine and you don't know that you're in yeah, the Yeah, that you're not aware world. of the virtual. Yeah, I know. Sorrent- so, uh, spoiler alerts. If the, the big caper of this movie is they need to get Sorrento's login password to save Artemis. To save Artemis. Mm-hmm. And, and Artemis needs to get it. So they, they hack the Oasis and they make Sorrento think he's logging out. And as he's logging out, they hijack they him, hijack him mm-hmm. and they put him in the Oasis in his office. Yeah, so he, he, thinks he thinks he's in, in, the, real uh, world. in the real world, but he's still he's in the still game. In the Oasis. And and uh, Artemis is in his office reading his password. Yeah. I. How the fuck did he not still feel the visor Wait, on his was face? Because it? it was because Wade knew the password because he saw it. It was it was uh, boss man 69. But why they needed. Oh, they needed the, to oh, they find where serial, Artemis was. Yeah, they Artem- needed to Artemis know which was, like, closet, which she, closet was in. she was in. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that's not exactly my question, but it'll pick back into mine. So I'm glad you asked it. I found that scene. I, I liked the scene. I thought I like, it was I liked fun, the whole setup, but it, but it was, was based so on such a faulty premise. Yeah. that it, it the bottom fell. That's off. once again. I feel like a seventy year old, seventy one year old man who doesn't understand mm-hmm. VR. Because in the in the book, and I don't mean to keep doing that, but it's we like have the to. only time I can ever to. do that. In the book, like yeah, Wade, uh, Wade has LTL's to leave. Sketches only ever read this one book in his life. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> will never read another book. Never again. again. Uh, Reading, for the rest of my life. Reading chumps. Yeah. In the book, Wade, I love it. Wade has to get out of the Oasis every once in a while in right. his van because it's fucking freezing. It's, right. And he has to right. run the bike again to power, to up, power the heater, up the heater. And he can feel it freezing yes. on him. Like, yeah. you are aware, as great as this world is and as immersive as this world is, you're, it's not plugged into it's your brain. It's not plugged into your brain. Yeah. You're, you're getting it through your eyes and your ears and right. maybe a suit and gloves. If, if you if have, you have, if that you have the immersive suit. But you're still... Reason. A yes. physical body, and yes. you know you have a physical body. Sorrento is just a dumb shit. <laughs> right? I really... But, like, even if you're... Even if you are the dumbest motherfucker on the planet... Yeah. This is just egregious. And it's also... Right? It, it really... It made H seem so smart and so capable, which was right. awesome. And then it was like, oh, you're so dumb for allowing it to reflect you guys. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you should... Right. If, if you put... All this work into this environment. Don't then do this, right? And if, and it's also it's also strange because 
it it doesn't mesh with the rest of the technology. And again, no. this was an invented scene for the movie. So right. like it, yeah, this it, is not in the book. So at all. and it and it failed because again, they set up in in H's workshop don't need to physically be next to the 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 setup of Sorrento's office. Right. And then they like have a door. There's no reason for that. They don't have to do that. That's another like seven year old man. Have it right next to the the office. Do you want a Werther's? And they're like, all right, Right. Stephen, whatever whatever you want. I don't want to be fired like the last guy. Um can I do my Sorrento? Sure. Sure, sure. sure, Yeah. yeah, There's no he's 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 a faulty character is my answer to and and here is mine. Why on earth didn't he shoot Wade at the end of the movie? He opens the door to the van. Right. Wade is obviously holding the the egg. Right. This boy, for for starters, Sorrento has been trying to murder him for roughly an hour in this movie already. Right. He has tracked him down in the real world. Yes. He has a gun now, finally. He is yes. he is shooting it above people's heads to <laughs> make them clear in the weakest attempt to to block someone right he is intent on killing wade. yes and then does then he not. opens the door wade has the egg and sorrento's like oh, he beat me right you would think in that moment blind rage would take over Shoot this him. boy has destroyed my life and now there is no chance at redemption because right. he has the egg right why does he just go oh, he got me yep like it Pissed me off. I wanted him to like still go for the shot, but then like one of the high five saves him or something like that. Like, uh, you know, the oh, what? I'm gonna save it. Oh, okay. Um, but you got a pitch? I got a pitch. Oh, great. Because I don't have a pitch other than I guess this is kind of pitch. And the follow up question is, why didn't he kill him? In a in a reality in which he did kill him, what do you think would happen to the 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 oasis? Okay, I'll answer this. Okay. Uh, first, why why doesn't he just shoot him? Why does he give up? Because it's a Spielberg movie. Yeah. And Spielberg movies of of this variety, not like a Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a family movie. Oh, actually, you know what? Even Schindler's List has a happy ending, kind of. Yeah. Because they like they go to the real world and then you see all the people that survived. Uh because it's a Steven Spielberg and, movie again, and it's I gotta, a fam it's intended to be like a fun, uplifting family movie. I gotta movie. say, I it's not like I wanted him to actually like headshot no, it doesn't Wade, but make like, sense. Ma- like make the attempt and then have someone or or like at least him. make him be out of bullets. Like there's he just or he doesn't know how to use up, the gun because he's so the, inept. So you know? fucking stupid. The answer is because it's a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. And then in a movie in which he does like just shoot Wade in the face. Yeah. Before Wade has signed the contract or anything. What would it look like? What it would just, happen to the Oasis? It would. It would Who be would it go every to? other. It would go to Sorrento. You think it, whoever kills Wade becomes the... Well, I think or if the, that... the challenge... So Halliday's left, <clears throat> control, like the red button's there. <clears throat> nobody can ever turn it off, but nobody has the passwords or, or the key codes or however the fuck it works. They never explain that. Yeah. But to access that room, mm-hmm. to control the Oasis. And so IOI monetizes it. Yeah. It's like every other MMO that exists. Well, then it's a good thing that yeah. you didn't shoot him. Even if it was a weak, weak. It's, it is answer. weak, yeah. And it really was. It I no really, sense. I really was. There's a crowd of hundreds of people yeah. blocking his way in the slums of Columbus, yep. a real shitty area. I was like, no one has a gun. Not one person has a gun to stop this guy. Nope. We're gonna block him with our bodies until he gets close to us, and then we'll part like the Red Sea for this guy. I mean, here, here's the problem with this. Mm-hmm. This is the United States of America. Mm-hmm. In 2018, yeah, everybody's got a fucking gun. 
And this is and this, this is, is a, 2045. And this is a rough area. In the era. slums where there are no resources left. Yeah. Nobody has no, forget a forget a gun. Nobody has a weapon. Yeah, and I, period. No one seems to have a backbone. No. Punch him. So anything. Something. Yeah, I'm with you. He's only looking forward. He's not he's only looking at the van. Come up behind him and tackle him. Jeez. Anyway, continue. Um, yeah. I have I have a light one and kind of a, a deep one. Well, you do both because those are that's oh, the end. Okay. Um, go, here's, here's oh, what one were you going to do first? What were you going to say? I was going to say go deep and then end us on a light. Great. At the end of the movie, yeah, Halliday and um, Wade are conversing in his room, mm-hmm. and there's old man Halliday mm-hmm. and young boy Halliday, mm-hmm. and Halliday says he's not an avatar, not an avatar, and he's also not Halliday. What is he? That's the question. I mean, that's the mystery. What is he and where does he go? I don't know. I feel like this is based on nothing. Okay. By the way, this is just my feelings. I feel like he's just a ghost. Like he's a he's ghost, a in, ghost the in the machine. And, and Halliday just, he was, a, he was a recluse for the end of his life. He developed yeah. some way to upload his consciousness into the thing and where he'll just like, just exist in his perfect world. As as this entity, that's based on nothing up, other than follow up. Not my what I question, want him to be. Is he sequel bait? Is he sequel bait? I don't know. I hope there's not a sequel to this. I also hope there's not a sequel. As much as I love it, yeah. One this of the reasons is... I love it is because it is a boom, self-contained yep. little story here. Agreed. I don't. And any sequel will just be blatant cash grab. Yep. And I do not want that. I don't either. IOI wants that. It does. Yeah. I don't want that. I hope you're listening, WB. Yeah. WB, are you a long-time listener? I think listener? they do. I would agree. They're like, God damn it. One, one podcast out there must like the DCUO <laughs> or the DC, the DC Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Oh my God, we found them. Yay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this is my very light question. How, how did Artemis know how to contact H. Dido and show in the real world? That is a good question. It, it really deposited the idea that they all already knew each other. Yeah. It was it was so easy. Right. Maybe all we know for a fact is that she contacted H. Right. And we also know that H had some sort of contact crazy, with the brothers. Right. right. So, uh, but how did she find H? Right. How was she able to do? I don't know. Um, like I said in the book, everyone is is much more reserved right. than themselves. Yeah. Everyone is much more guarded. Nobody they, trusts each other. Nobody trusts yeah. each other. And for like rightfully so in this world that they. Absolutely. They make up. Strong agree. Um, but she just kind of had a H on speed dial. Yeah. It was like, show up. Yet, at the same time, she never met her. Never met. Either. She was H. just as surprised yep. as everybody else. Um, I also liked that the, um, the, the two brothers, especially the older one, Daito. I'm, I'm happy Daito didn't die. As much I'm as I wanted to see Daito that scene, because yep. it was a great scene in the book, I'm happy he didn't die in the movie. Um, uh, but I liked how he was, you know, swinging the bat. Yeah. Like it was a sword yep. and everything. That was great. But what if he was just like a white guy? And would be like, oh my God, that's cultural <laughs> appropriation. But like, that is slow your roll. Slow yeah. your roll. Uh, yeah. I right. liked Daito a lot. Yeah. They were, they were a great, they were a great team. Yeah. So you were telling me that you might have something for our little segment of, uh, Pitch, please. What yeah. do you got for me? So and WB because they're listening. If you're gonna go in this direction where the, the gun is in Sorrento's hand yes. and he spent the whole movie trying to kill Parzival Wade, 
And we have it, guys. If you haven't seen it, which again, we really recommended that you did before you. Yeah, this, this far. it's on you at this point. Not only has he tried to kill him in the Oasis, he has, he has tried to murder him in the real he world. Straight up murdered a half dozen people. At least, at least he he, he blew, blew up, up the stack that Wade lived stack, in. Mm-hmm. Um, and killed every single person in that stack, except for that old woman. That old woman was the first. That the old woman yeah. at the base of the stack was the one that yep, went to. She got went, out. We know what you did. Yeah, and we're just gonna pass to the side. Yeah. <laughs> go kill the children. Go ahead, kill the children. So here's my pitch, and you you asked this like. What? If you're going to set it up for a family-friendly kind of like a, a, a Goonies mm-hmm. kind of Steven Spielberg happy ending, mm-hmm. they've made such um, a big deal at this point of throwing out that sh- uh, show is an 11-year-old boy. Yes, and like don't call, don't tell him he's like, oh, don't tell him you want to hug him. Don't like yeah, his like head's a, already big enough. He's yeah, like he's the ultimate badass. Mm-hmm. Then have show. Do some crazy, like takedown, mm-hmm. kick it out of his hand. That, like yeah. take take like have you've we've talked about this before. If you introduce something, mm-hmm. it has to have a payoff. Yeah, show unfortunately was the only one who didn't do anything real world. Yes, the only thing he and did real world would have show up and yes. be eleven. Yep. Yeah, and that would have then. Oh yeah, could you imagine off for that if, if he like did something? I don't know something we had seen him do in the game, and then yes. he fucking like does, does like, it. Remember in... when he takes out his ninja star yes. like from his inventory? Yep. What if he had something that he like a, a hubcap or something hub that he throws at him and, yeah, sure. and then Artemis could be like, "You really are, you are a, a badass eleven year old." Yeah. yeah, great, love it. Thank you. Let, let's go back and let's rework it. Yeah, WB, give us you know, you know our call. email. Yeah, go be the, with uh, shades of sketch at gmail.com. Yeah, I love special it. edition Blu-ray. That's a great pitch, and I think that if that had happened at the end of the movie, I would bump my score like three, really three four points. I think, yeah. All right. I think that the end really you needed something. The end really, yeah. really just petered out for me. Uh, it, at that very very end, the real world. To end. me, it's really it, it really emphasizes the point of uh, Spielberg saw this other thing happening in the real world and was like, oh, I want to go make a movie about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, I need to wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah, it was unfortunate, and that's. I love I your. I love your idea that it's show. I love it. Thank you. And um, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's uh, let's go grab the camera. Yeah, our iPhones. And go out in the backyard. Make yeah. it work. I'll film you. Be show. Okay. You look more like show. So I, that works. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I think that brings us to. Yeah. Shades and sketch recommendations. Would you like me to do the first recommendation? Start us you off. Sketch. Had a pitch. I am going to recommend an HBO show called Westworld, which probably you've heard of. It was kind of, I feel like it came out as like a, oh boy, Game of Thrones is about to end. We really need our next big thing. (laughs) Uh, And so they made it. Westworld is an adaptation of an old Michael Crichton story. Uh, it takes place in a future amusement park because Michael Crichton really like loves he found the thing that works and he likes it. And in this amusement park, um, guests are basically immersed. It's real world, but mm-hmm. it's they're immersed into a hyper-realistic, like, 1800s western town. Right. And um, the, the animatronics are incredibly right. advanced, robotic. They call them hosts. Yep. And the, the people within uh, that, that pay to go to this amusement park are really allowed to experience it however they like. It's like an open world 
MMORPG, except it's in the real world. Right. They can choose to be the good guy. They can go collect bounties. They could sit on a ranch for a week if they want to. Right. They can screw prostitutes in the bar. They, they can, can walk do, through town and shoot people. They could do that. Yeah. They literally have complete whatever right. they want to do. And uh, the story, you know, obviously starts as that, but then it it brings up the thoughts and the discussion of, well, then what is real? Right. What technically is real? Some of the hosts, you see things from their point of view. It is it is discovered throughout the season who actually are hosts and who mm. are not. You see things from people's points of view, and then all of a sudden you find out, well, they've been a host all along. They're a robot. Oh, shit. But everything that I, I'm invested in their story, but their story is written. Their story is a program. Wow. It's very deep. It's very thought provoking. And they're not AI. Well, they're not, but But they're learning. They're starting to learn. And some of the hosts are, but it also deposits the question, is this AI? They also believe there might be sabotage going on in the park, that these could just be programs. But you see things from certain characters' points of views that you think they're evolving. They deserve to live as much as humans. It's very, it's, that's very, even though I'm recommending it during Ready Player One, which is a family film, this is a, not a family film. This is a mature audience series. It's, I find fantastic. It is gorgeous. Where they film it, the, the landscapes are beautiful. And it really, Makes you think there are twists and turns along the way. And their season one wrapped up. Season two just started. But season one ends up in such a way that you go, oh. Like you have one of those moments. Which. That's what you want. Those are few and far between, I feel. few and far between. And so when you can find something that you go. Good media. Oh, Yeah. yeah. That's worth it. So I highly recommend if you aren't afraid of a little mature content right and have access to an hbo show i recommend westworld i do not but i would like to see it yeah and i do not condone piracy so no i'll have to I'll have to wait i have hbo at home maybe if you i would i would love to rewatch season one now that i know how it ends i would if you ever want to, to watch, uh, watch season one with you i would definitely Thanks. uh i am going to recommend the atari 2600 perfect this book and movie mm-hmm. is predicated on so much of early gaming and there were other systems that were out there at this time but the Atari 2600 really was the first accessible home entertainment system that was practical and they still ta- called it a computer system it was mm-hmm. the Atari 2600 computer but it really is for the purposes of gaming and i mean just some of the games that i'm i'm remembering Yes, there were, was Adventure, which is really the game that spawned things like Gauntlet and, and World of Warcraft and Overwatch. And even though it was a one-player game, it was the first game where you, you progressed. Well, it was aptly titled. It was an adventure. Mentality. You yes. are on an adventure. It spawned all of them. But there were other games like Boxing and Tanks, uh, Pac-Man, Pong, certainly. But also... Um, games uh you know tron uh the mario brothers first game which is in mario 3 there's a level where you're like jumping on bricks and ice and you're sliding around and Mm -hmm. you have to like grab this token that bounces around if you jump on each other that that was the first mario game Mm -hmm. 
uh, and they put it in as a mini game where you could challenge each other in Mario 3 if you were playing two-player. Um, but just, it's such, it's so simple because the, the technology was simple, but the games are so complex. It's, it's really, it's really special. It and is. I would, I would, uh, I would highly recommend they make, they make like nostalgia systems where, you know, they, Nintendo's been doing this recently yeah, where like have, every but... release is on this little cartridge that you can plug into. And didn't it looks Atari? Like Atari did it first. They just put out a joystick yeah. that you kind of plugged into your TV yeah. with RCA cables rather than a system. And they had like 50 to hundred games just uploaded on it. Cause they're, they take such low. Oh yeah, absolutely. Low storage space at this point. I, I I think if you're a gamer and it's something that you love, you got to experience it. You and would... I have fond memories of like sitting in, you know, uh, my grandparents uh, upstairs that they didn't use on this little like t- eight inch color TV. Yeah. Playing Atari and just loving it. You and I are of the age where we are really on the front lines. We're really on the edge of the generation gap of Pro video games yes. or anti video games. Yep. I mean, people older than us, and even some people our age, yes, are very anti video game. They don't see it as having any sort of merit or value. Uh, right. But they do. And yes. it all comes from these games that yes. you're talking about. The the challenges, the wit involved, the reaction time, the quick problem solving that yes. you need to do the critical thinking the that collaboration you need to do. That absolutely you need. i mean video games a good video game yes exercises the best parts of our brains mm-hmm. that we i think especially now really should be refining yes the, the best we can yep um it's... and so yeah i i will i will uh Acknowledge your recommendation, and Thank I will you. endorse it. Thank you. And I think you said something very important. Like we're on the front line; we're right in between. It's interesting. Um, born children of the '80s, but really grew up in the '90s mm-hmm. and whatnot. We, you and I in particular, straddle the line mm-hmm. between a Gen Xer mm-hmm. and a millennial. Yeah, and we used to say generations were defined by like fifteen to twenty-five years. But now we've embarked on an age, it really has, your generation really has more to do with how you grew up and what you experienced mm-hmm. than when the, the date range of when you were born. Right. There's an, there's an overlap now. And in many respects, like when we were born could put us to one side of that or the other, but what we experience clearly puts us to one side of the other. But I think both of us have made an interesting choice mm. to go in the other direction. Yeah, it is. So I, there's, I think there's a lot of value to, to that point that you made. Absolutely. And I think we should, we got to get some games on this podcast. We do. We got to start talking about some we do. video games and spread the good news. Yes. Absolutely. Thanks, uh, thanks for potting with me, Sketch. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Are you going to bring anything uh, with you from Ready Player One? Oh. I mean, I kind of think <clears> I know <throat> what you're going to choose. I uh, I need to figure out how to get this uh, down. I'm going to... Not this Wagoneer again. <sighs> no. Are we taking another goddamn Wagoneer no, with us? A little, this one's a little uh, rusty. I, I, I'm going to log in and grab that Ecto-88. Oh, I knew you were going to take that. 
All right. Well, you are a fool because you can, I you can am ride t- with me. Okay. And I am going to take this uh, extra life quarter. Yeah. That's going to come in handy. I don't need it. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> once you're on the boot tar heroin, black tar heroin, <laughs> I might need an extra life. If you are a fan of the show, uh, if you could kindly leave us, leave us a rating and review, it really does help him boost our profile and get the word out. You can find us on the Twitter at Shades and Sketch. Find us on Facebook at just peeking out with Shades and Sketch. And of course, you can email us at go with Shades and Sketch at email.com. Thanks for listening. Oh, and we love hearing from you. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time.
If you'd like to take a more active role in supporting Geeking Out, visit us at patreon.com slash shades and sketch. Our website is shows.acast.com slash geeking out. You can email the show at go with shades and sketch at gmail.com or contact us through Facebook or Twitter. Geeking Out is a production of Tree Cave Creative LLC. All rights reserved 2020.